At the Atlas Conference in April, we talked with Jennifer Moore, an instructional designer at the Bowles School, about what it means to be a guide for students and faculty, as well as the energy that education needs right now. With all the advances in the past few years about how we approach classroom education, Jennifer talks about how it's hard not to be excited about the future of education. Welcome to the MBS Direct Podcast, where we talk with some of our partners who are doing interesting things with content and education. I'm Carrie Watkins, the Senior Digital Consultant with MBS Direct, and today we are talking with Jennifer Moore from the Bowles School. Thank you for joining us, Jennifer. Thank you for having me. So Jennifer, what is your role at the Bowles School? I am an instructional designer and I work with students K-12, helping teachers and students integrate technology and curriculum together. So what does that mean, integrate technology? Well, we take the tools that are available today and try to figure out a way that we can integrate them using the the curriculum that our teachers are doing. Um, Trying to make education more exciting, more interactive, more diverse for our students, and allowing our teachers to kind of experiment and reach out. So can you provide maybe an example of something that has made the curriculum a little bit more fun, a little bit more engaging? Well, right now we're uh, busy trying to implement a new LMS uh, and get our LMS up and running. It just allows teachers to reach the students in a one-on-one environment, but also real-time environment. So their um, their lessons, their resources are all there for them, 24 hours, you know, 365 days a year. The kids can. Um, reach out and talk to the teacher or, or, you know, back and forth. So you provide a lot more collaboration, not only between the, the student and the, and the content, but the student and the instructor as well. It does. It does provide a lot more collaboration. It also allows the students to monitor their progress, to be able to know where things are. It allows parents to have a look inside the portal. It also allows parents and students to share, you know, fun moments that go along in school, um, resources that otherwise the students would be losing or misplacing. It's mm-hmm. just a good way to help students organize but also be innovative at the same time. Right. You guys had an LMS before, so you're transitioning to something new. What are some of the things that you were looking for in a new LMS? Something that provided digital content. It was an easy place to warehouse all of our digital content. It was a good place for students to be able to communicate back and forth through discussion boards and, and um and online environments, a good place to store resources, a good place, it it does do a lot of our grading for our teachers, so it's a very good resource for our teachers to be able to um, have their material, but also helps their jobs a little Mm -hmm. bit. Um, A place where students can respond to what's going on in our school environment. Uh, We have pages that just are about what's going on in the school itself, so it gives the the students a really good snapshot into their day and into their life at the school. So how long have you been in the education industry? I have been working in some kind of education field probably for almost 25, 30 years. So how has your role or your your take on education maybe transitioned a little bit? Well, I started out as a teacher. Um, For very many years I taught in the lower school elementary. So I have watched education change over the years. The elementary school is much different than it used to be. I mean, my my first grade level was kindergarten and we were coloring and painting. They're not coloring and painting anymore in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. They're learning to read. So the expectations for school and the expectations for the quality of work and what's expected of students has changed dramatically um, ever since I started. I transitioned out of teaching into a teacher coach 
um, to help teachers be able to meet all these needs and all these expectations and now I help design curriculum and help manage same the teachers needs and coach but I also train the teachers to be coaches which is something we didn't have access to many many years ago when I started so how did you get tapped tapped to become a coach from a teacher it was just sure chance luck mm-hmm. I I've always been somebody that does not like to do the same thing over and over again. I get bored very easily, so I'm not one of these people that have, as I call, the filing cabinet. I can't stand to have my June plans and my August plans and everything over and over again. I change every year. So when technology became readily available in the classroom, it allowed me to change what I'm doing, um, and I became good at it. So I liked it, and I'd experiment. I'm willing to try, and I'm willing to fail, which is one of the big things that's hard for most people. I don't mind messing up. so I messed up a lot, and I just, you know, found a way. And then people said, "Well, you don't mind messing up, so come train the teachers to, you know, to mess up." So that's how I got into it. So what brought you to education in general? It's really, it's really about um, meeting the needs of the student, um, making a difference. I didn't like school that much as a student. I was bored, and I got A's and B's with not doing anything. Um, there's nothing worse than sitting in a classroom when you're not being challenged and I just realized that we're not challenging our students the way they should be and I wanted to make a difference and do something about that. Mm-hmm. Maybe reach some of those students who you saw a little bit of yourself Exactly. In. I remember reading. I, I spent, I, I'm an avid reader, I spent more time reading under the desk than above the desk and I work with a lot of students now who do the same thing. Mm-hmm. So. If the, the content's not challenging you, you enough to read above the desk, then we need to do something about that. Mm-hmm. So you talked a little bit about what's kept you in education, being able to make a difference and, and reach those students. Obviously, the technology side is where you are now. So how has that affected you and, and your desire to stay in education? I have worked with a lot of underprivileged children over the years. Um, and I can, I, I can vividly remember one student who would not write. He was not a writer. And I put a piece of technology into his hands. And I went from a child who would write two sentences to a child who would write books. To see the difference I can make in a child like that and give them a voice has, has always been a huge impact for me. Um, but giving children a voice and allowing them to learn and allowing them to have a choice in what they're learning is very important to me and technology helps me do that so that's why I've kept staying with it. Mm -hmm. They talk a lot about technology not being just, or technology is a tool and it sounds like that's what you... It's definitely a tool. You cannot you cannot use it if you don't treat it as just a tool. You have to know what you're doing and have objectives and know what you're trying to teach um, what you want the students to learn, you have to know how you want them to learn it, but the technology can, can make it stronger, it can engage the student, it's something you have to, that allows you to, to get your goal across. Mm-hmm. So you've seen technology impact education, you've seen education change. Um, what do you think education needs right now? It needs some energy. It does need a change. Um, it can't be status quo anymore. We're grade driven. We're standards driven, and there's there's a time and a purpose for all that. Um, I think assessment's great when used appropriately, 
but we need to put energy back into our education system. We need to have students who want to come and learn, not because they have to learn what's in the textbook, but because they want to learn about what's going on in the world. It needs to be global. Um, we really need to give uh, some oomph to our, to our education system. Mm -hmm. So how do, you, how do you think that needs to happen? Energy. We really need to put some energy into our, our education. Our education system is a little, I think, stale. Um, it's standards-based. It's grade-based. It needs to change. We need to make it learning-based, make it um, project-driven. We need to make it student-driven. We need to give our teachers power to, um, to teach. I mean, most people who, who really want to teach are perfectly capable of doing so much more than we give them credit for. We need to give them the, the freedom to do that and teach them the skills that they're going to need for the, 20, the, the 21st century or the, or the future. And I know that's like a, a buzzword right now, but what I mean is we need to relook where, where our education system's going. What are some of those skills that you think teachers really need in order to be successful for their students? They need to learn that it's okay to change. They need to learn how to differentiate the education for the students and for themselves. They need to um, I think the biggest thing is not be afraid. They, they need to have, we need to empower them to be able to take chances, to be risk takers, to pass it on to the kids and let the students be risk takers too. I mean, in the real world, you have to go out and you have to be on your own and you have to do a job and you have to be a risk taker when you're doing it. And we need to have teachers be able to teach our students to do that from K on, from K up, so. Mm -hmm. you, you mentioned differentiation and I know that's kind it's of a buzzword, buzzword right, right now, but I do think it's important as well. What do you think differentiation really should be? I think you meet the need of each child individually. Now that's not to say that students don't need to learn to work as a group and cooperate because that's something that's really big in the real world. They do need to learn to cooperate and they do need to work, learn to work well together. Um, but that being said, you need to, as a teacher, be aware of that one student learns differently than the other. Um, one group might work differently together as the other, and you need to meet that need and know how to, to, to facilitate that. Do you have any examples of maybe how that's happening at Bowles right now? Even go back, you can go back to our LMS or some of the e-books we use. You know, some students, some students work better with a, hand, a book in a hand. Some students work better with an e-book. Um, some students work better writing it all down or listening to it with audio, through audio. Um, you have to be aware of what that's doing and, and we're allowing our teachers to make those decisions. We're allowing them to pick platforms so that each child can have what they need. So Bulls is a one-to-one -one school. We are one-to-one K-5. Six to 12, we're gonna go BYOD, so each child brings their own device. So we've put the computers in the hands of the students, we manage it for the lower school just to take that stress off of them. But the older schools, the older students are bringing their own devices and managing them themselves. So why did you decide to go BYOD? It was a hard choice. It's much easier, I think, to be one-to-one. Um, but we decided to go BYOD to give to empower the students, um, to give them choice, to allow them to learn to manage their own their own system, and to learn to manage what they need to be successful. So we've talked about a number of things happening in education. In your opinion, what do you think is the most interesting thing happening in education right now? There's so much going on. Um, it's hard for me to pinpoint one thing. I've been in both public and private situations. Um, and I hate to use the word innovative because it is a buzzword and I don't, but I would think just the fact that we have so much change going on and there's so much awareness of how students learn, 
and so many tools being developed at such a rapid pace that it's exciting to me that so many students are going to have so many opportunities as they get older and coming up. The next five years are going to just be awesome. Why do you think that? I just think when I started teaching so many years ago, we didn't have anything. And the changes that have been made in the short amount of time that I've been working with students, and especially just in the last five years, I can, I can think of when I began, we were doing reel-to-reel -reel cassette tapes. What's changed in the past three years with social media and communication and a student's ability to take all their notes digitally and to read an e-book, it's amazing to me what's going to change, what the next five years will be. I mean, can you imagine if a student could take their whole class school, school online? I mean, they can now, but just imagine the, the possibilities in the next five years. And I think the interesting thing happening around adaptive features where their experience with content, their experience with the actual material is adjusted to their preferences. Uh, and I think good teachers do that anyway, mm -hmm. uh, but I think the technology really opens up the door a little bit. And I think we're more aware of it because of that, and I think it's made it so much more preva prevalent in order to be a good teacher. You, you need to continue to do it. In the past, you didn't you could get away with it not doing it, but because it's so out in the open now and there's so much available, you, you have to do it in order to stay, to stay up with what the kids need. So what is a, a tool or uh, a project maybe that one of your faculty are doing that you think really encapsulates or excites uh, the students? I have a wonderful science teacher who I work with constantly, and I can remember we, we just finished a project up, you know, same old little butterflies, you know, you, you glow the butterflies and they hatch and whatever and you let them go. We are making um, butterflies that actually move by using, you know, batteries and circuits, and these are little guys. These are little third and fourth graders who are actually engineering, we're doing children's engineering, who are actually engineering their butterflies and trying to figure out how the wings work and how they fly. and. This same teacher is using robotics and she's making her students plan a trip to the solar system and their little robots are actually, you know, going through the solar system and, and searching things out. So here you've taken two easy concepts that have been taught since the day that the day I started teaching kindergarten, but they're interactive and, and they're fun and the students are really learning the concepts and really, really and they're building on it. And they're building. And they're using engineering skills, which talks about creative engineering skills that allows them to pre-plan and to finish up and have a finished product. Well, and we've, we've talked about before those computer science skills when you're coupled with actual subject knowledge. I mean, you're not just learning robotics. You're learning problem solving. Right. You're learning creative thinking. And that's applicable across all of their subjects. Oh, definitely. And we've started to work a little bit with the design thinking. And, and I think that that's going to be a powerful tool as it keeps going forward. Are you guys doing much with design thinking right now? We're just working on it, just started it, um, but you know some of my teachers are, are in investigating with, with the design thinking theory. I mean it's, it makes sense, it makes a lot of sense on, on how to teach students and to teach them that process. I think it's, it's a wave of the future. You know, children's engineering, design thinking, I mean, like you said it can all be buzzwords but it's still the same thing. You're teaching students how to think, you're teaching them how to problem solve, you're teaching them to ask questions which to me is the most important thing, is, is to question and then to solve that question yourself. I don't need to give you the answer. You need to figure it out on your own. I'll I'm help just you. there to guide. I'm mm -hmm. a guide. And that's what teachers need to be, I think, is a guide. You're there to guide, and you need to let them work it out on their own. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate your time. Uh, how could people learn more about what you do and about the Bowles School? We have a website. It's um, you know, bowls.org. They can always visit our website to find out about the Bowles School. And, and if somebody wants to contact you, they're more than happy to have them contact me um, through my email. Uh, it's morej at bowls.org. be more than interested or happy to talk to anybody that would, has any information. Great. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Thank you so much. 
Hey guys, thanks for listening. For more information on any of the topics discussed in this podcast or any other questions you have about digital content options, contact your account manager or you can reach out to me, Carrie Watkins, Senior Digital Consultant, on Twitter at Carrie J. Watkins.